From WOSU Public Media in Columbus, Ohio, this is Classical 101's Opera Abbreviated. I'm your host, Christopher Purdy. Everybody loves Cinderella. Rossini loved her. He called his Cinderella opera La Cenerentola. Rodgers and Hammerstein loved her. They wrote a Cinderella for television in 1957. In the arms of my love, I'm flying over mountain and meadow and glen. And I like it so well that for all I can tell, I may never come down again. I may never come down to earth again. Prokofiev loved Cinderella. He named a ballet after her. And Jules Massenet was close to the source for his Cinderella opera, written in 1899, Cendrillon. What do I mean by close to the source? Cinderella began life as Cendrillon, a story written in French by Charles Perrault in 1698. So it makes sense that the lovely, if unloved, girl who loses a glass slipper is the heroine of an opera by Massenet, Cendrillon, with a libretto by Henri Caine. By 1898, Massenet was France's leading composer. His operas Manon, Thaïs, La Navarrese, and Werther were holding the stages in Europe and America. They were doing just fine along the works by Verdi and Wagner, thank you very much. That Massenet has not endured quite as well as his brother composers is the result of a fickle public and maybe the composer's love for women. Massenet's love for women, his obsession with women, was not unusual among composers. Massenet's music has been described as having a discreet and pseudo-religious eroticism. His early operas were about Mary Magdalene and the Virgin. Accused of sentimentality, he said, I don't believe in this creeping Jesus stuff, but the public likes it, and we must always agree with the public. He did love his courtesans and priestesses, Manon, Thais, and Esclamond among them. His prima donnas inspired the composer. Chief among them was the American Sybil Sanderson. She was a looker with an amazing high soprano voice. She also had a morphine addiction, so poor Sybil didn't last. Not so Mary Garden and Maggie Tate, two Scots sopranos who lived long lives and made a hit out of Cendrillon. Massenet's amorous advances impressed neither. 
My goodness, said Mary, who lived into her nineties. Massenet made love like a slob. But neither of these ladies were involved in the original production of Cendrillon. The title role was created by the estimable soprano Julia Guiladon. She was the wife of librettist Henri Cain. Cain was a fine poet who worked a lot with Massenet. He was such a fine poet, he was a literary star during the Belle Époque. So Massenet put his erotic love for women into his music, be it religious ecstasy or good old-fashioned nookie. Cendrillon becomes an entertaining delight because the heroine is balanced by a fairy world, and the stepmother and horrible stepsisters are always fun. Pandolf, a kindly widower, has married the horrendous Madame de la Altière. He brings to the marriage his beloved daughter, Lucette. Madame has two daughters of her own, the ridiculous Noémie and Dorothée. Lucette, or Cendrillon, Cinderella, Pandolf's daughter, lives in the house as everybody's servant. For me, there shines no cheerful ray. Don't think of the butterflies jealously. Come, Cinderella, just work. The local handsome prince, all fairy tales have one, needs a wife. He's giving a grand ball to which all the eligible ladies in the kingdom are being invited. Well, the stepsisters have Mama to help make them beautiful, which is no easy task. Cendrillon falls asleep and dreams of a delightful fairy who, with her chorus, arrives to prepare Cendrillon for the ball. Yes, Cendrillon has her own marraine, or fairy godmother and Godmother has a coterie of attendants with whom anything is possible. A carriage appears, four beautiful horses, and Cendrillon herself exquisitely is dressed in a gown made of stars. The glass slippers complete the magic. Cendrillon is transformed from servant to princess. But wait, their magic lasts only until midnight. Be home before midnight. Away, princess, but when midnight chimes, you must be home again.
The prince spends most of his time moping around to the despair of his kindly father, kids today. Cendrillon can't get a break and the prince just wants to be left alone. None of the ladies at the ball make a positive impression. Then, in walks an unexpected guest, a mysterious young girl, very beautiful, wearing slippers made of glass. She enchants everyone, but as midnight strikes, the lovely lady disappears, leaving behind the glass slipper. Cendrillon finds herself in a wood, alone and frightened. She falls asleep but is protected by her good fairy and the attendants. The prince is there, too, having followed in hot pursuit. Everyone is looking for this mysterious lady. The fairy orders the lovers separated by a wall of clover. Cendrillon cries out, Vous êtes le prince charmant. You are Prince Charming. He finds his beloved unknown lady. The fairies wait and smile and sing as Cendrillon and her prince discover one another. Et toi, 
But Cendrillon wakes up at home. Was it all a dream? She's back where we first met her. Dear Pandolfe, her kindly father regrets the day he ever married Madame and her horrible daughters. He wants to take Cendrillon away, just the two of them, to begin a new life. But in her sleep, Cendrillon has talked about a carriage and a ball and a prince and a slipper. How could this be? Now, if you think Madame de la Altiere, remember her, is going to tolerate for one minute any lovely young woman getting between the prince and her daughters, forget it. She can rage all she likes. A royal herald arrives. Every young girl in the kingdom must try on the glass slipper Cendrillon has left at the ball. The fairy is on hand and tells the prince to open his eyes. The slipper fits. Cendrillon will marry her prince charming. Madame turns on a dime and cries, Ma fille, Lucette, que j'adore! My daughter, Lucette, who I adore! And amid general rejoicing, it is Pandolf who turns to the audience and says, Here all ends well. Yes, and so ends our play. We've done our best to entice you away into fairyland blessed.
And that's the final curtain on this edition of Opera Abbreviated from Classical 101, WOSU Public Media. I'm Christopher Purdy. For more information and for more podcasts, please go to wosu.org slash classical 101.